to the day on Locked on Ducks Hockey. It's a Thursday. We're going to go down on the farm and then some as it was opening day for the World Junior Championships. Join me on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas, and I hope you all got to spend the holiday with loved ones. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget that you will get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the OC's hockey team, the Anaheim Ducks. And I say you usually get fresh daily content unless it's a holiday. Since yesterday was Christmas, we had no show. And I just want to say I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. I hope you had great times with family, and you had lots of great gifts. Hopefully, you guys got some awesome hockey gifts. So if you got some great gifts, let me know on Twitter. I want to hear what you guys got for Christmas. And I'm sure you've noticed, but this show is coming out very late on Thursday because earlier today was the opening day for the World's Junior Championships, which are taking place in the Czech Republic. That will be important to note for later. But before I get into the show... You can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. And you could ask Siri, <clears throat> Hey Siri, play the Locked On Ducks podcast and hope that you hear me on the other end. If you don't, look manually and be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And we are on Twitter. Follow Locked On Ducks at LO underscore Ducks on Twitter or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And Thursdays, they are usually reserved, as it was before, for our weekly look down the I-5 freeway and the San Diego goals. However, we have a little bit of a bonus. Not only are we going to look at the goals, but we're going to look at some prospects that are playing in the WJCs. So the first part will be about the goals. The second part will be about the World Junior Championships. We'll begin with last Friday's game at Pachanga Arena as... The goals took on the San Jose Barracuda. But before I get into that, I want to let you all know what is going on for the coming few shows. You can tell that there's not going to be much on this first game. Uh, Tomorrow, tomorrow's show, we are going to have a preview of two games taking place over the weekend for the Ducks. The Ducks have two games. They have a game on Friday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Then they have a game Sunday at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. Both those games are at the Ponda. Tomorrow's show is going to come out somewhat later because we'll also be talking about the USA's game versus Germany on the WJCs. So we'll actually have a bit to talk about tomorrow. And then Monday's show, we're going to go over the two games that had just passed. And if you guys want to hear some previous shows, Tuesday, I had a little extra something fun for you guys. I had my own take on Twas the Night Before Christmas, kind of a hockey style of it. So if you haven't heard it already, be sure to check it out. And on Monday this week, it was released, part two of Hockey Jeopardy. So if you guys haven't listened to that, be sure to check out Monday's show. It was Hockey Jeopardy. We raised money for sarcoma research in support of Oscar Lindblom and his fight against cancer. Now that we got that out of the way, I'm going to talk for maybe a minute or two about the goals loss versus San Jose. You see, I'm kind of trying to, I guess, you know, vamp a little bit because there wasn't much to talk about on this goals game, except for the first period. The first period, San Diego started off pretty well. Blake Pietela got the scoring started with a nifty goal 
from Ryan Johnston and Brendan Gooley to make it one nothing San Diego. That period was pretty even. You had a couple of you know weird penalties here. Corey Trop got one for goaltender interference uh, when he crashed the net. Josh Mahura got one for interference. The goals had multiple penalty or multiple power plays. In fact, they had a five on three. And the only reason Pietola got that goal was because the power play had just expired by a second. It was, yeah, maybe a second. Trevor Carrick was barely getting out of the box. You know, Gooley was setting up as it was a five on four at the time. And Ryan Johnson got the nifty pass to Blake Pietola. Trevor Carrick had no chance to get back into the play. So that's how the goals scored their first goal of the first. So I guess it was sort of a power play goal, but not really because that would put them at 0 for 1 for the game. Second period, San Diego got into a bit of penalty trouble. Brent Gates got a penalty. Justin Clues got a penalty. San Jose pretty much dominated that second period as far as puck possession. They outshot San Diego 13-7 in that second frame. Nothing scratched across, but there was plenty of shots in that second period, and Anthony Stolarz was put to the test, and he passed with flying colors. That is, until the third period, when San Jose kind of woke up. Joachim Blickfeld got his 11th goal of the season to tie the game. Then four minutes later, Keaton Middleton gave San Jose the lead, 2-1, And then towards the end of the game, it was pretty much keep away from the San Diego goals as San Jose was still out shooting San Diego 12 to 9 in this period. And with about a minute and 50 seconds left, this is the name I hate saying, Jaden Hobgewax. Sorry. So he scored the San Jose's third goal to make it 3 to 1. And Stolarz would be pulled from his net. And a penalty happened with about a minute left. Johnny Brodzinski uh, got caught tripping. So with a minute left, San Diego would pull Stolarz and they would be six on four to try to close the gap. But no, that didn't happen. Alexander True swiped a pass, got an empty net shorthanded goal to make it four to one San Jose. And with about a second and a half left, Jack Kopaka got a power play goal for San Diego from Chris Weidman to make it four to two. And there was no celebrating at the end of that. You know, they got the goal. They're like, okay, we got a goal. It's a power play. Great. Not really much to celebrate. They just kind of went back to the bench. That was it. They knew the game was over. That's the final score. San Jose beat San Diego 4-2 to in front of 7,500 fans at Pechanga Arena. Not the best game for San Diego. San Jose came out strong in that second period. You know, it was San Diego for most of the first. And they just honestly didn't play 60 minutes on that one if I'm going to be honest here coming up after the first intermission we'll talk about the game on Saturday night that yours truly was at against the Stockton Heat and that was a barn burner by the way I'll talk much more about that game and then later on we'll talk about the world's juniors much more to come after the first intermission stay locked in Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we have sort of a Locked on Goals type episode as we are down on the farm looking at some prospects. And I'll say most of these prospects are on San Diego, 
Some of them are up with Anaheim because of all the injuries and sicknesses that took place over the weekend. But the Goals played a game on Saturday, a very entertaining game against the Stockton Heat. And before I get into the game, I want to say one more time, if you've not been to a game at Pachanga Arena, it is amazing. The food there is great. I had the poutine again, had the ice cream again. People down there are very nice. So for those of you Goals fans listening, you guys have treated me very well. It's been tremendous every trip I've gone to San Diego this season. So I thank you once again for that. The game started off with a lot of fun. In the first three minutes of the game, already the gloves dropped as Alex Gallant of... Oh, by the way, the starting goalies for this game were Gillies for Stockton. Yes, that is Stockton's old goalie, John Gillies. And the goal's backup? Yeah, Kevin Boyle. Anthony Stolarz started Friday's game, so Saturday's game would be started by Kevin Boyle. First three minutes of the game... Alex Gallant of Stockton and Corey Trop of San Diego got in a bit of a fight, dot, dot, dot. It, 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 it wasn't much of a fight. It was one-sided. Corey Trop dropped him like a bad habit. It was a quick 10 to 15 second fight. Didn't last long. And then with 1340 left in the first period on what could have been an icing call. I thought it was an icing call. It wasn't, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Jack Kapaka hustled to beat out the defender although you know i think he may have barely beat him out i don't know if he did necessarily and pollock tried to stuff the puck through the net but jack found it right in front of the key the crease and on a funky rebound from the active boards he collected the loose puck and put it in to give san diego a one to nothing lead so on that play jack kapaka got the goal and brett pollock got the assist on that play But I got to give credit to Pollock for trying to stuff it into the net and really, you know, doing a good job trying to jab it in there. So I give Pollock a lot of credit for that assist. But Kapaka gets the goal. He gets the glory for that one. One nothing San Diego. And early on in the game, there were several blocked shots from San Diego early on. You know, Stockton had the majority of puck possession in the first period, but there was a plethora of blocked shots and later on, with about 7.20 left in the first, Chris Weidman got a goal on an extremely, extremely patient assist from Jack Kapaka, and Weidman netted from the blue line. Uh, Brett Pollock got the secondary assist, but Jack Kapaka, he had the puck for maybe four or five seconds out towards the faceoff dot, toward the right faceoff dot, and he was kind of putting the puck back and forth, kind of waiting, waiting for something to happen, As the play materialized, a couple of goals players kind of went around the boards and they were setting up perfectly and that shifted the defense around quite a bit. And finally, you know, Kapaka found Chris Weidman on the blue line and there was a perfect screen right there. A great shot from Chris Weidman to make it two to nothing San Diego. I give Kapaka a lot of credit for showing patience on that one. Crowd went nuts on that. And then... With six, about seven minutes left in the first period, another fight. And guess what? It was the same two guys, Alex Gallant and Corey Trop. except this one lasted a lot longer, and everybody got their money's worth on that fight. It was part two of fight night. Gallant really tried to rally the troops from Stockton, and he won that fight with both men throwing haymakers out there. 
Trap connected on a couple. Gallant connected on a couple. They were both just going at it. It was a true heavyweight fight as it looked like. And, you know, the fans were treated to one of the best fights I've seen all season. So good on them for giving the crowd what they want. However, it was their second fight of the period. So they both got a 5 and a 10. They both got the gate. They were both done for the night, but not before having a fight that was well worth it, in my opinion. Only a minute and a half later, uh, the goals went on the power play as Brian Freeze got two for holding. And then only about maybe 30 seconds later, Justin Kirkland got one for tripping. So it was a San Diego five on three. And this was their big chance to try to break this game wide open. And they had their chances. You know, Chase DeLeo had a couple of great shots there on net that I thought could have gone in. So DeLeo had a couple of shots. Josh Mahura had a shot. Uh, Blake Pietela had a couple of shots. You know, the goals were really peppering um, John Gillies. In fact, on that power play, rather, on the five on three for that minute and a half, San Diego registered six shots on goal, and they had three blocked shots on the power play. And credit to San Diego, or credit to Stockton, rather, for really getting in the way and risking their body on a couple of those blocked shots. A couple players went back to the bench with some bruising. You know, they went back a little bit limping, but they came back a hero because they prevented a dangerous goal chance. So good job on Stockton for that. They did not allow San Diego to score a goal on that power play, but that was without a lack of trying. After one period, San Diego led 2 to nothing. In fact, on that first period, San Diego outshot Stockton 13-6, to and half of those shots came within about two and a half minutes for San Diego, for what it's worth. In the second period, some great forechecking by Alex Dosti to keep the puck in the San Diego offensive zone for much of the second period, and Dosti, I thought, did a fantastic job, you know, kind of neutralizing any forward motion from Stockton in the neutral zone. However, with 11.53 left in the second, Alex Broadhurst got two for holding, and both teams had many scoring chances, but Stockton had a bunch of scoring chances on that power play. You know, Stockton began to play much stingier defense, and the overall pace of the game slowed down except for that power play where Stockton, you know, kind of held it behind their net for about 10 plus seconds, and then they would fire away. Yeah, the crowd was getting pissed off there. They would hold the puck behind their own net. 8, 9, 10. You hear the crowd booing a little bit. They start to get restless. One guy said, throw the bleeping puck to the neutral. Like, you know, it was bad. With 4.03 left in that second period, Boyle had a risky save that was way outside the crease to preserve the two-goal lead, which I thought was fantastic. However, exactly three minutes later, it would be Glenn Gaudin who would score on a double rebound. The first shot went off of Boyle, then the second shot hit the post, and then Gaudin got the goal to cut the lead in half. It would be 2-1 to San Diego, and that was a really bizarre play that materialized there you know you had one shot there you had two defenders back right there and when the puck hit the post it missed both defenders bad puck luck for Stockton on hitting the post but bad puck luck for San Diego because it ricocheted on the wrong side of the defenders and went through one of the San Diego D-men's legs 
and that gave Gaudin the chance to score the goal, which they did to make it 2-1 at the end of two periods. Going into the third period, that's where the fun really started as Stockton tied the game. Their second goal trickled in on a shot from Matthew Phillips. You know, it was held in front of the net. That's one that Boyle wants back because Boyle had that save. It just went off the glove and trickled in. It took about a second and a half, seemingly, for the puck to finally cross the line, and that would tie the game. You know, fans were not happy about that one. And then with about nine and a half minutes left in the third period, Stockton went on a power play, and Austin Zarnick had a tremendous shot. That thing went barred down to make it 3-2 to two Stockton on the power play. But then, with about five minutes left in the third period, actually 5.04 left in the third period, a very, very patient power play goal by Jack Kapaka just waiting to find a hole. And this took seemingly forever. Josh Mahura kind of got things started in the neutral zone, got it in, passed it to Antoine Morand, who waited for a few seconds. And then Jack Kapaka, he was waiting on the left faceoff dot for a few seconds until he finally found that hole. Once again, it was a seven-hole goal to tie the game up at three apiece. At the end of the third period, you know, it was a massive penalty-killing opportunity as Antoine Morand got two for tripping with two minutes left. So San Diego would have to be a man down for the last two minutes of regulation, and they came through big time. A huge penalty kill to end the third period tied at three. It would go into overtime. And in overtime, Kapaka, he missed a chance on a two-on-one with about three and a half minutes left in overtime. That two-on-one probably should have gone in. Kapaka just missed it by about a foot. So then we'd go into a shootout. Yeah, we were still going on this game. Uh, This game went well into the night. And by the way, this was also a Fox 5 game broadcast on local San Diego television. And they certainly got their money's worth. In the first round, it would be Alex Broadhurst. And, you know, he stopped. He slowed down, but didn't score. Got stopped on that one. And then Stockton's first round was Justin Kirkland, and he just missed the net. Then we go into the second round. Justin Kluse, he slowed down a little bit, just enough to score the goal five-hole to make it one nothing in the shootout. Then Stockton's second round, Austin Zarnick, huge save by Kevin Boyle. Massive, massive save there. So guess who would win it for the goals? Jack Kapaka, yeah. He was weaving, weaving back and forth very slowly. Game-winning goal. Rather, Kloos got the game-winning goal, but Kapaka closed the door in the third round to give San Diego a thrilling 4-3 victory in a shootout over the Stockton Heat. A well-played game on both sides. This game had everything. It had a shootout, a great overtime, a couple of great, well, really one okay fight and one fantastic fight, some great saves, some great scores, you know, all around one of the better games of the season for Stockton, a big one for them to to win going into the holiday break. And speaking of breaks, after the second intermission, we're going to go to the juniors, the World Junior Championships. But before we get into that, I want to tell you that 
coming up for the San Diego Goals. Their schedule looks like this. Over the next week, the Goals play Ontario twice, once at home and once in Ontario. The game at Ontario will be Friday night at 7 p.m. The game at home at Pechanga Arena will be Saturday night against the same Ontario rain. That game is also at 7 o'clock. Then New Year's Eve. San Diego travels to Tucson to take on one of the hottest teams in the American Hockey League. In fact, the best team in the AHL, the Tucson Roadrunners. That game has a 5 o'clock San Diego start. So I think it's a 6 o'clock local time. I'm not sure if they have the one hour or not. But either way, Pacific time, 5 o'clock start, goals against Roadrunners on New Year's Eve. We'll be back after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, your humble host, as we go further down on the farm, or rather, further away. In fact, we're going to the Czech Republic as we check in for the first time on the World Junior Championships. That is right. Every year, starting on Boxing Day and going well into the new year. The WJCs, the under-20 tournament, takes place at different cities. It's been in the U.S. It's been in Canada. This year, it is in the Czech Republic. And we have only two prospects to look forward to talking about. And one of them is in the Czech Republic. I want to save that one for last because that one was a very emotional game. Instead, I'm going to talk very briefly about... Someone that is not currently a prospect for the Ducks, but someone who I have talked about on this podcast. Alexander Holtz from Sweden. He got the game-winning overtime goal for Sweden to give them a thrilling 3-2 victory against Finland. That game will replay later tonight, I want to say around maybe 10 or 11 o'clock Pacific time. On NHL Network. So if you want to check that out, check out Alexander Holtz, who is projected to be somewhere between the 5 and 10 draft pick. That's someone that I think the Ducks could really use. He's quite the goal scorer and one of the best players in the tournament. So once again, Alexander Holtz, overtime game winner for Sweden. Let's talk about USA versus Canada. That game took place at 10 a.m. our time. That was a pretty thrilling game for the most part. Um, Just going over it quickly. uh, USA got off to a 2-0 lead. And one of those goals had some Kings and Ducks working together. You think I'm kidding, but I'm really not. It felt weird. Ducks and Kings prospects worked together for that USA power play goal to make it 2-0. And that was a play that, you know, there was some play across the boards where USA kind of got in the dirty area of the ice. But really, it was uh, Alex Turcotte that dug it out of the dasher boards and got it to the middle, passed it to Trevor Zegras. Trevor Zegras, by the way, is one of the Ducks' top prospects. He was last year's first-round pick. In fact, he was the ninth overall pick in the draft. He currently plays for the Boston University Terriers. Yeah, Gotta love that mascot. My dog is a terrier. 
you know, I got uh, puppies that are terriers. I, I love terriers. So the fact that he plays for BU, awesome to me. Zagris got himself pretty open, had a little kind of puck fake. Then he passed it to a Kings prospect, Arthur Kaliev, and he scored the goal to make it 2 nothing USA. Yeah, Kings and Ducks working together. Ducks prospect Zegris, and then the two Kings prospects on each side of that play. So at the time, USA is looking really good. Then Canada woke up. They got a goal from Connor McMichael, then one from Barrett Hayton, then one from Nolan Foote to make it 3-2 Canada. It become 4-1 Canada with about 10 minutes left in the game as Barnett Hayton scored on a goal on a very sick assist from Alex Lafreniere. Now, I know I'm going to hear this a lot over the next few months. Let's tank for him. Let's tank for Alex Lafreniere. He is a very special player. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think the Ducks are going to tank far enough to get below, you know, Detroit, for example. You know, just take take your shot. Rely on the lottery. I, I don't want to say rely on it. But just see what happens in the draft lottery. You never know. But Lafreniere is one of the best talents in hockey right now. And as the USA tied it up at four, Alex Lafreniere stole the puck and scored the goal by himself to make it 5-4 USA. It would later become 6-4, and that would be your final score. Canada wins 6-4. You know, USA had this game for a while, and they literally let it slip away. You know, that pass on the turnover, that should not have gone towards the center. If anything, and I've already heard Ducks fans saying this, you know, get it against the boards. Have a safe pass, bounce it off the boards, see what happens there. So I don't want to say it was a completely foolish play, but keep in mind, guys, these are kids. These are kids under 20. They're going to make mistakes. So, you know, before giving them too much grief, just keep that in mind when you watch these games. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. It's a learning process. They are still under 20 years old. It comes with learning. It comes with experience. Those kind of things happen. And just to look at Trevor Zegras, uh, he played only nine minutes of ice time. He was a power play specialist for a couple of those power plays, including that assist from Terracott. I, I still find it weird that there was two plays and they were both with involving the Kings. You know, great, I guess. You know, Kaliev got the goal. Turcotte got the secondary assist. Kind of nice seeing it, but still a little bit weird for Kings and Ducks fans there, you know? So Zegras only 9.23 on 20 shifts. You know, pretty short shifts, but he was mostly on that power play. Did not play much in the second period and played a little bit more in the third, but he's not going to get the ice time that other prospects are going to get. He's not going to get the same minutes as... Oliver Wallstrom or Keandre Miller or Shane Pinto, you know, guys that have arguably a little bit more talent, you know, that's just how it is. He's not going to get as much time as Alex Turcotte. You know, you kind of have to live with that a little bit. So that's what happened on USA versus Canada. I want to talk about the game that had the hometown team, the Czech Republic versus the mighty Russians. And there'd be one Big prospect on that game, and that's Lucas Dostal. He is the goalie for the Czech Republic, 
And there was a ton, a ton of pressure on this kid. I almost felt bad because, you know, that was the opening game for the entire tournament. And I'm watching this going, oh boy. Here we have a kid, you know, he's in front of a packed house. He's got pretty much, I don't want to say the country on his back, but he kind of does have the country on his back on that one. Uh, he is, once again, a Ducks prospect. He's only 19 years old. He was drafted in the 2018 draft in the third round with the 85th overall pick. And he's got some pretty decent stats for the Czech Republic. You know, on the international circuit, he's got a goals against of around two, two and a half. He's had some great games um, on loan in La Liga. So overall, this is a very high quality goalie. But oh boy, the look on his face when you had the player introductions. You could tell he was both pumped and a little bit, I don't want to say apprehensive, but he knows it's his home. It's his home. First period started off kind of shaky for him. Russia got a couple of goals. Czech Republic got a couple of goals. None of those goals I'm going to blame on Dostal. You know, the Czechs went up early. You know, Kubacek had a massive shot from the point, and the Czechs went up one nothing. They went up 2 nothing. Uh, when Mysak, you know, beat the goalie glove side on a breakout, so that made it 2 nothing. The first goal that he gave up, you know, Dostal was beat by uh, Zamula's wrist shot, and there was a lot of traffic, you know. The Czechs killed off the penalty maybe a second or two before that, but they just could not clear the zone, and that made it 2-1 Czech Republic. So this one I'm not going to put on the goalie. I'm not going to put on Dostal. Even the second one. You know, Russia scored yet again. And this one, I'm not going to put on him either. You know, the puck kind of ping-ponged back and forth in front of Dostal. And it landed on Russian player stick, uh, Pod Koslin, who put it home. You know, Dostal didn't have a chance. The defense let him down on that one to make it 2-2. Two to two. It would later become 3-2 to two. Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a couple of quick goals, or rather Czech Republic, you know, Blumel for the Czechs and Zimula for Russell. You know, Dostal was just beaten stick side, make it three to three. And then Czech Republic went up four to three in the second, you know, on a five on three power play. So that's how the score would be after two periods. And in fact, that would be the score for the end of the game. The crowd reaction at the end was tremendous. I'm glad that the TV cameras captured that moment with Dostal raising his hands in the air. He did it for his home country. The crowd went absolutely berserk. One of the great sights you'll see so far on this young tournament right there in Ostrovar Arena as Czech Republic beats Russia 4-3. to That's already kind of an upset right there. But give a lot, a lot of credits to Luka Dostal for coming through in the clutch, having some big time saves on the game. In fact, Russia outshot Czech Republic 10-5 in that third period, and they were some great shots too. So Dostal, great job at the end there. Ducks fans, that's one name that you kind of have to watch out for. He is still a young prospect, only 19 years old. Someone that could come up in the pipeline later on in his career. And I think right there is a good place to end the podcast. But I just want to point out that we still have a bunch of games on this tournament coming up. 
If you want to see your Ducks prospects in action, be sure to tune into NHL Network tomorrow. That is Friday, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. USA takes on Germany at 10 a.m. And then I'll talk even more about the rest of the WJCs tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow's show will also be kind of a late one. I will record that one after the USA-Germany game. Once again, that game takes place at 10 a.m. Friday morning on NHL Network. So watch out for that. And I want to remind you that you can download today's podcast or any of the previous few episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And you'll see some prospect stuff. You'll see some stuff, some hockey stuff as the goals take on the Ontario Reign tomorrow night at Ontario and then Saturday night at Pechanga. So be sure to watch the Twitter for that. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And this show wouldn't be possible without everyone listening. So thank you once again. If you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Send any questions either via email if you can't fit it into a tweet or tweet me your questions. Let me know. I'll answer them on the air. Yes, it is cold, it is rainy, it is snowy. Please be safe out there, especially if you're trying to drive through the snowy areas. The passes have been closed. In fact, they're still partially closed. So just be careful out there, guys. It's already been a good week of shows, and I can't wait to come back tomorrow as we preview the two games for the weekend and talk about the WJCs some more. For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the rink. And hey, Anaheim, Ducks, fly together. Fly together.